Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. I am so glad that I found Buzzsprout and was lucky enough to start with them. They've been so instrumental in helping me grow That Girl the Podcast. I love that I can look at my stats anytime, anywhere, and know exactly how I'm doing. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Chapter 27, Up, Up, and Away Jennifer books our trip for the following week. We'll be gone for four days, just long enough to get there, scope it out, find Ezra, and hopefully get the evidence we need. Shayla has stopped touring due to a knee injury from dancing, so while she's recuperating at home, her band is in town. I couldn't have asked for a better coincidence. It almost feels like fate, and I'm betting on it. I email Ryan's assistant, asking politely for Ben's contact information. Knowing that I'm Ryan's girlfriend and that our writing session together was so epic, she gives me all of his information, including his publisher's name, number, and address. She tells me that Ben is notorious for going off the grid, and he leaves his cell phone at home quite a bit out of forgetfulness, but mainly because he doesn't like to feel attached to anything electronic. I begin by reaching out to him via email. Then, after a few days, I try calling. I leave a voicemail explaining that I'll be in town and that I'd love to see him to write or just to chat. I figure since he has connections to Shayla's writers that maybe he can shine some light on what songs made the album. I also find out the nights that the Bluebird Cafe, a notorious live music venue, are supposed to be holding songwriting rounds, and if there are any writers or artists scheduled that I know and could be connected to Ezra to get more information on Shayla's record. I make my plan, I schedule it on my phone, I share it with Jennifer, who adds it to her iCalendar, and we're ready. We'll be arriving Wednesday and leaving Sunday morning. I feel determined and hungry to once and for all figure out what the hell is going on with my song and get my relationship back. We arrive in Nashville early Wednesday to a much colder climate that I'm used to. It's winter and the air is crisp and clean. My leather jacket is definitely not up for the task of keeping me warm, and I'm glad I decided to bring a couple of sweaters at Jennifer's advice. Jennifer steps off the plane, adorned in all cream and white cashmere, and looks like a snow queen. I catch people staring at her as we walk down the terminal to grab our luggage. I tag closely behind, trying to keep up, as her legs are longer than mine, and it can be hard to keep up with this ex-Amazonian model. I'm amazed at the sense of calm this airport has compared to LAX. People aren't rushing around or bumping into you because they're too busy to look up from their phones while walking. There are actual rocking chairs for you to snooze in, which I think is ridiculous and cute. As we wait for our luggage, Jennifer checks her emails, oblivious to the stares from people around us. Women who clearly have only read magazines with people like her in them stare at her as if she might be a celebrity. I guess I could pose as her assistant, but I roll my eyes at it and keep looking for our bags. A little girl comes up to her and tugs on her white, long cashmere sweater and asks, Are you a princess? Jennifer takes her sunglasses off and smiles at her. She tells her, 
We're all princesses. The little girl giggles and runs back to her mom, excited to tell her she met a real princess. Jennifer looks over at me smiling and wipes a small tear away from her eye. How sweet, is all she can say. But I know what she means. This trip isn't just about me. It's about her, too. Our luggage rolls towards us and we lean over to grab it. A very handsome southern man around 40 leans over and helps grab Jennifer's luggage for her. Bashfully, she laughs, thanking the gentleman who tips his hat at her and tells her, Anything for a lady, in a rough southern accent. She looks at me elated. Wow, why didn't we come here sooner? I love Nashville. We check into a beautiful boutique hotel in downtown Nashville. I would have been fine staying at a Holiday Inn Express just to cut costs, but she insisted that there was no way she was going to cheap out on the experience of a lifetime, which is saying a lot for her since her experience of a lifetime are more like parties on yachts with princes and Ibiza. Our hotel has a modern country feel, very Chip and Joanna Gaines. It's gorgeous inside, exactly where you'd want to stay while visiting. Its rustic hardware and marble floors lead you into a lobby where a large spiral staircase takes center stage. Even the air smells good. The smell of jasmine wafts from a garden in the middle of the lobby. We check in and are led to our room. There are tall windows with narrow French doors that open up to the street. We're high above the trees and all I can see is the city with its rows and rows of buildings and a glimmer from a neon sign that says honky-tonk in the distance. I check my emails to see if there's anything from Ben. Still no word. I decide to call his publisher to see if they know where he's at. I'm starting to panic now that I'm here, and I still haven't heard from him. The receptionist answers, and I ask for Jane. Hi, this is Jane. Her voice is just as sweet as her name is. Hi, Jane. I was referred to you from Ryan Smith's office. I'm one of their writers. Oh, hi there. I just love working with Ryan. He's the best, isn't he? She says with the slightest twang. I can tell that she may have had a bigger one, but has worked on toning it down for business. Yeah, he's amazing. I'm so lucky to work with him. Um, I had written with Ben about a month ago. Oh, did you all write Far From Home together? Is that you? She asks me. Yes, that's me, I say amazed. Oh my goodness, we all just love that song here. We couldn't stop talking about it for weeks. I think you all have a good shot at a couple different artists picking that up. There's a lot of interest. My heart beams with joy. Really? I ask. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in Nashville right now. I just got in. Oh, you are? Oh, we'll have to get you two together to write while you're here. You can come to the office and write in one of our writing rooms. I'm absolutely shocked at the hospitality I'm receiving. I'm having a hard time believing it. But dreams come true, right? Yeah, that would be great. It's just that I've been trying to get a hold of Ben for about a week. Ryan's assistant told me sometimes he likes to go off the grid. Do you know where he's at by chance? Oh, he's probably just out and about. I'll get a hold of him for you. Once I tell him you're here, I'm sure he'd love to see you. When's a good time to try and schedule you in? I can't believe the difference between Ben's assistant compared to every assistant in LA. She actually cares and talks to me like a human. I can't believe we've even talked this long. If I wasn't Ryan's girlfriend, his assistant wouldn't have even talked to me longer than to tell me that Ryan's out of the office. Forever. Thank you so much, Jane. I really appreciate you doing this for me. Anytime, dear. We hang up, and not only do I feel a renewed sense of humanity, but I actually feel like I've taken a big step in furthering my career. 
Now I just need to see Ben. Jennifer and I go out to the main drag to find some lunch. Normally, Jennifer is a clean-eating yogi, but on vacation, she's a different animal and is informing that she intends to eat all of the meat she can get her hands on. I tell her that maybe she needs more iron in her diet if she's craving meat, but then I realize the constant smell of barbecue in the air would make even the strictest vegan crave some ribs. We find a barbecue place and sit down. It's so typical of what you would see here, I almost wonder if it's real or a touristy spot. The whole town isn't that big, so I assume most of these places cater to both locals and tourists. There's sawdust on the floors and big wagon wheels with glass over them to act as tables. Steer heads jut out from the walls, and there's a mechanical bowl in the back that looks like it gets some use at night. We order some beers and some hush puppies to start. This place is so fascinating, Jennifer says, scarfing down a hush puppy. Yeah, it's certainly different. I kind of like it, I think thinking about how vastly different it is from home. I do too. It's so sweet home Alabama. I wonder what it's like at night. I wonder how many cute country boys come strolling in, she says, grinning like a schoolgirl. Aren't you married? I ask sarcastically. That doesn't mean I can't have fun looking. She waves her hand at me. I would never do anything. It's just fun to get the attention. Outside, I can hear a guy playing guitar and singing. I sit up and look out the window at him. He has his guitar case open on the street, hoping to make some money playing. There are a few dollar bills in there, but not many. I wonder if you play country and don't know anyone if this is how they might find you. I guess some play guitar in the street for years, and some do body makeup on naked people for years. Either way, you pay your dues somehow. I finally get an email back from Jane, who says he's been visiting his grandkids, and when he's with family, he doesn't get back to anyone unless it's urgent. I love his family values, but the L.A. native in me can only think, this is urgent. She says that he's free to write in three days from now, if I'm available. I agree to the day and time, and she schedules me in to write at the office. While I'm excited to see him and write again, I'm getting anxious about Shayla's album and what songs are on it. I only hope that Ben can lead me in the right direction. That night, fueled on chicken wings and whiskey gingers, Jennifer and I make our way out on the town before hitting up the Blue Bear Cafe at 10 p.m. to see the songwriters round, where I hope amongst hope that one of Shayla's musicians is there to try and gain information from them. Jennifer wants to walk into every bar in the Strip, saying she wants to experience everything that is Nashville. The neon lights feel like Vegas with the Saddleback Ranch kind of feel. Every bar and every honky-tonk feels a little bit the same. Girls in tight little shirts and cut-off shorts, Guys in their plaid shirts, some cuter than others, with horrible logos embroidered on them. It feels a little like the early 2000s at times, but I only wonder if this is the strip, and we might find the real Nashvillians elsewhere. We walk back to our restaurant from this afternoon, and the mechanical bowl is in full swing. And I do mean swing. Girls are flying everywhere as they're bucked off. Bad hair extensions are exposed with exaggerated flips of their head, They look like they're having bad porno sex with the bull. I laugh and look away while Jennifer's eyes light up. I want to ride the bull, she says. What? Really? I ask, hesitant to stop her from living her best Nashville life. Yeah, she squeals. She looks around for the guy in charge of the bull and goes right up to him. I see her yelling into his ear over the crowd of people cheering the girl on the bull. Jennifer smiles and prances back to me. Yay, I'm next. The girl mounts the bull in basically denim cut-off underwear that she's pretending are shorts and a red halter top. 
She puts one hand on the handle of the bowl and the other in the air to signal she's ready. The bowl starts off slowly as she holds on. She makes cute faces to the guys in the crowd. No doubt one of them is who she came here with. The bull starts to whip her sporadically around like a rag doll. She's holding on with two hands now and is quickly spun off the bull head first into a pile of hay and pillows meant to soften the blow. Frazzled and drunk, she gets up, puts her hands in the air proudly, and the crowd goes wild. Three seconds, the announcer yells. She's greeted by a bro kind of guy who clearly spends too much time at the gym and thinks Ed Hardy is still relevant. He lifts her into a big hug and kisses her like he's just come home from a long journey, probably from getting bigger tires from his car. She kisses him in a long, sloppy kiss. The announcer comes back on and yells, Let's hear it for Jennifer! Jennifer jumps up and claps her hands. She grabs mine and drags me through the crowd over to the railing where I wait to cheer her on. She mounts the bull a little less gracefully than the last girl. I'm sure she's had more experience. Jennifer finds her footing and gets securely on. She grabs the handle, puts the other hand in the air, and flashes me a giant smile. Something has awakened her to her old party days, and she's in her element. The bull begins to move slowly, like it did the last time. She holds on and shrugs at me as if to say, This isn't so bad. Then the bull starts to speed up. She holds on even tighter, with a will that is stronger than her last master cleanse. The bull swirls her around. It may not be pretty, but she's determined to stay on longer than anyone else. Her white button-down top is stretching tightly across her chest, and her cleavage is practically pouring out. The guys in the audience are shouting wildly at her, and their girlfriends are shouting wildly at them. But they don't care, and neither does Jennifer. I see something, I see something small fly into the air, and I realize it's one of the buttons on her top. A guy catches it and hollers, holding it high above his head like a trophy. Jennifer smiles at him mid-swing. Just then, another button goes flying in the other direction. I gasp, but Jennifer is only laughing hysterically at the whole thing. Finally, in all of their glory, two other buttons go flying and her top flies right off to expose her lacy black bra. Her breasts move up and down with the bull as if in slow motion and the crowd roars and howls. The bull starts to slow down. No doubt the announcer has decided it's been long enough and Jennifer climbs down. The crowd yells for her and she takes a bow and then a curtsy, just for good measure. I can't stop laughing as she runs into me for a hug. Oh my god, did you see me? Oh yeah, we we all saw you. <laughs> I laugh. That was amazing. The announcer comes on and yells, Seven seconds! The crowd roars again as Jennifer starts jumping for joy with me. I love Nashville, she yells. A cute guy with green sultry eyes and dark hair comes up and taps me on the shoulder. First I think he wants to ask me something, but then I realize his piercing green eyes are staring right into Jennifer's. Their eyes lock. Excuse me, he says, squeezing through the people, including me. I move to the side. He looks at Jennifer. You were really great up there. Can I buy you a drink? He says in a smooth southern drawl. She beams, loving the feel of being adored. Yeah, sure, she says coolly. I'm Luke, by the way. He reaches out his hand to take hers that she willingly gives to him. Jennifer, she says dreamy. I squeeze back in. Hi. Hi. Luke looks over at me, surprised. Nice to meet you, I say, pushing my hand out to shake his. She's married, by the way. Jennifer shoots me a stern look, but I only smile. 
I only know her too well. She loves her husband, but the love of party is strong with her. If Greg ever knew she was flirting, especially after everything they've been going through, they would never recuperate. What can I get you girls to drink? He asks, knowing she comes as a package deal now. Actually, we were just about to leave, I say smugly. He looks at me confused, and then his eyes widen. Oh, I'm sorry, are you together together? Jennifer starts to laugh and begins to say no, but I cut her off. Yes, yes we are. She looks at me while I take her arm in mine, deciding to be the masculine energy tonight. She catches on and tilts her head to the right and smiles. You're right, honey. We do have to be going. We leave the guy confused as I take Jennifer and escort her outside. Sorry, but I had to. I say to her on the street. No, you knew best. I am married. It's not fair to Greg, she says slightly sad. I put my hand on her back to comfort her. I'm going to call an Uber, I say looking down at my phone. Jennifer looks off. You know, things really do become different once you get married. I would have flirted with anyone before in any of my relationships, even the ones I loved. But I love Greg so much, I decided to make it legal. I can't just keep acting like I'm single when I'm out, she sighs. You know, what am I waiting for, she says determined. Why not just at least try to get pregnant, right? I look at her amazed at this revelation. Are you sure? This isn't the whiskey talking? I ask, making sure she's ready to make a lifelong commitment again. Yeah, I am ready. There are so many women who have kids and continue to work. I can still work and be a mom, she says excitedly. You could be. I say, realizing that not only has my life been changing at warp speed, but that Jennifer's is about to change again in a huge way too. The life we've always had together won't be this way forever, and this is just the beginning. I stare off at the craziness of the city around us, people drunkenly yelling at each other across the street to meet them somewhere, girls laughing as they text back their current crush, and us, moving out of that life and into the next one. I think about Ryan and how much I miss him, that maybe our lives together could go down the same road one day if I'm lucky. Jennifer continues, Maybe it might slow things down in my career, but... That can't be my entire life. One day that'll be gone and I'll be left with the people that matter. My family. I don't want to sacrifice that just to have some title by a certain age. I totally hear you. You can still have that title one day. I say secretly feeling nostalgic for our youth. I really want to call Greg and tell him. Do you mind? She asks. No, go right ahead. I encourage her. She pulls out her phone to call him but stops. Do you realize what I'm about to do? She asks me. I look at her thoughtfully. I do. It's the next step. I say smiling through my fear and happiness and a hundred what-ifs about the future. Wow. I can't believe after all the lives I've lived, I'm about to tell my husband that I'm ready to have a baby with him. She says with a squeal. I'm gonna have a baby. You are, I say. She hugs me with tears in her eyes. (sighs) I'd better stop drinking so much if I want to get pregnant. Where's the water? Or do they have a juice place around here? Like a good kombucha would fix me right up. Call your husband, I say. Oh my god, right. She says, nearly dropping her phone. After her very happy call, we make our way to the Bluebird Cafe. 
It's kind of like LA's hotel cafe, only nicer. And by nicer, I mean the people are nicer. It's located in a strip mall, and it's completely unassuming to anyone who's never heard of it. I think they prefer it that way, actually. If you know it, you know it. And if you don't, then you won't bother coming in. We hop in line, and before you know it, our wrists are stamped, and we find our way in. There's a small stage in the back, which is being generous. The whole place is practically one room. There's nothing fancy about it. There are little tables with little chairs, posters of famous country stars hung all around, and some waiters walking around with bar food and bourbon. We wrestle our way to the bar, and I grab a Jack and Diet while Jennifer gets a water. There's only standing room by now, so we find ourselves a place to cozy up where we can still see the stage. Jennifer is too preoccupied with sending cute baby emojis back and forth with Greg to care about the show. A man comes on stage in boots and grabs the mic. How y'all doing tonight? The crowd claps and there are a few hoots and hollers. You're in for a special treat. We've got some oldies and some newbies hitting the stage. So, hope y'all have filled up your drinks and you're ready for a show. The crowd cheers a little more. First off, we've got an old favorite of the Bluebird. She's here to sing you a song that she helped pen for none other than Miss Carrie Underwood. Let's all give her a warm Bluebird welcome, will ya? A beautiful blonde girl who can't be more than 30 walks on stage. She looks like she could be a country star herself, and I wonder if she's tried being one. So many artists start off as writers here. Sometimes it's your look, or sometimes it's just your sound that keeps you from the limelight. But it doesn't take away that you can write a song. And at the end of the day, that's all that really counts in Nashville. She plays a beautiful lullaby of a song. Her guitar vibrates through the room as she picks a simple, sweet melody. Jennifer starts to tear up listening to it. It's rare that I ever see her so emotional, and I wonder if she's not already pregnant. Her hormones sure seem to be. The songwriter finishes and leaves the stage to loud applause. The announcer comes back on. Wasn't she something? I just love that song. It's gone triple platinum for those of you who didn't already know. We just love her here and are so proud to see one of our own doing so well. I feel equal parts jealous and wistful at the idea of having a hit like that and having it happen like it did for her. She's one of the lucky ones. The night goes on like this. One writer after the other goes on playing songs I know and some I don't. There's a graciousness to it all. Each writer is greeted kindly by the audience. People actually put their phones away unless they're taking video and no one, no one, talks during a song. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. People in LA go to see artists so they can talk during the performances. No one really cares about the band. They're all there to get ahead. I realize if I'm going to talk to anyone, I have to be very polite and mind my manners here. This isn't the town to go and step over anyone in. We sit and watch for a couple of hours. I Google every songwriter that gets up to sing, but no one is even closely connected to Ezra or Shayla. The night is looking like a loss. By around 1am, Jennifer and I decide to pack it up for the night and head back to the hotel to try it all again another day. The next morning, while eating scrambled eggs and hash on the cute patio outside our room, I start researching Shayla's publisher, her agent, her manager, all of the writers she's ever worked with, and anyone else I can think of that might have her new album song list. I make some good progress. I find her agent and manager. They're both local, which is convenient if I need to see them. I think about calling, but I'm not sure what I'd say if I did. Um, hi, I'm trying to figure out if the song I wrote was stolen from me and put on Shayla's new record. That sounds promising. 
I also think this isn't exactly the way I want these people learning my name for the first time. I'm sure they're all very busy dealing with Shayla's career and really don't have the time to worry about some unknown songwriter who's claiming her song was stolen. Songs rarely get stolen, by the way. There's the chance that some songs resemble others, but nothing's ever flat out stolen. So that makes me look even worse. I find a few of the musicians she plays with regularly on Instagram and see if they follow Ezra. Some of them do, which is good. It means that they may have some information about the record and about his prior writing. Oddly, I have a hard time finding much information on Ezra myself. I find a personal website, some social media pages, and a defunct SoundCloud account with some old songs from four years ago. They sound okay. Nothing that would blow me away or anything. I check to see where Shayla's musicians are in the country right now, and if they're playing anytime soon in Nashville. Usually musicians will post about the singer they're going to be playing with to help promote themselves, but also as a way to book other gigs. But none of them have anything posted for this week. I try to find a public posting of Shayla's album lineup on a music blog or some official website. Anything that can give me a clue as to what it'll be, but nothing shows up. Nothing I've found, at least. Just when I start to think coming here was a giant mistake, it hits me. What if I pose as a writer for a music blog and get the final list of songs myself? It's risky, but I'll use another name. I'm terrified to do something like this, but what other choice do I have now? If anything, I'll get the list, and if my song isn't there, I can lay this whole thing to rest and pray Ryan somehow learns to forgive and forget. Or, I get the list, my song is there, and I bust Ezra for being the asshole he is and somehow convince Ryan that horrible, unwanted kiss wasn't for nothing. Jennifer has left for the gym, so after a strong cup of coffee, I muster up the courage to steal someone's identity for 15 minutes. I search out a popular country music blog and start gathering info on it. Who's my editor? What's my name? My staff or freelance? When will this come out? I think I'm ready, but I'll never know until I call. I take a sip of my coffee, clear my throat, take a deep breath, and dial Shayla's publisher. The phone rings twice until a perky, accented receptionist picks up. Hello, Rainbow Record Publishing. How can I help you today? I clear my throat, feeling completely in my body and totally aware of what I'm actually doing right now and that this isn't a drill. Um, hi, I'm calling from the music blog Country Today and wanted to talk to someone about Shayla's upcoming record that's set to come out. What's your name, please? She asks, her high nasal voice squeaking into the phone. Grace McDonald? I say, using a name from one of the blog's posts. Oh, hi, Grace! She says happily. A chill runs down my spine. Oh no, she knows her? I've never been a good actress and I'm a terrible liar. I decide to say as little as I can in order to make this short and sweet so she'll never know it's not Grace, whoever Grace is. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I ask. I'm good. Let me patch you through to Danny. I'm put on hold as I hear one of Shayla's songs played. Just hearing it reminds me of the gravity of what I'm doing right now. The phone begins to ring, and a man answers. This is Danny. Hi, Danny. My voice catches briefly and cracks. This is Grace McDonald from Country Today. I'm calling to get some information on Shayla's new record coming out. Release date, songless, writers on it, etc. (laughs) I say, my knees starting to shake in my seat. Oh, hi there. Well, let's see. I can pull it up right here. Give me a second. 
I wait as he searches for the information. Ah, it's scheduled to come out November 5th. Her tour will start back up as soon as her knee is healed, and she'll continue this last tour into her new tour seamlessly. Wow, that sounds taxing, I say. It is, but she's a trooper. And do you have the names of the writers on the record? Anyone she's worked with before? Anyone new? She has quite a few new writers on this record this time. Uh, I don't have the list of their names off the top of my head, but I'm sure my assistant could get one for you. Yes, that, that would be helpful. Thank you. My armpits are sweaty and my heart begins to pound even harder as I know my last question is, and the song list for the album? I ask. Oh, I do have that. Hold on one second while I pull that up. I can hear him typing on his keyboard looking for what I can only assume is a page with the final list. People say that when you're about to die that you see your life flash before your eyes. I only see the last months of my life starting with the minute I met Ezra, our writing, our fling, Ryan and I, and then losing Ryan. Everything that's changed my life in such a short amount of time has led me to all of this one defining moment. I lean my head back and look at the bright blue sky and let out a long sigh. Sorry this is taking so long, he says. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Did you hear that? He laughs. Oh, it's perfectly all right. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is the final order. Over you, love you more, just in case, morning headache, summer with you, every day, I knew better, fall for you. I stop listening to whatever else he has to say as my head buzzes from hearing the words fall for you. Hopefully I'll be able to prove that Ezra was lying the whole time and that maybe my song actually did make the cut. Now I have to hear the song to make sure he wasn't making up his whole story. After he finishes reading the song list, I thank him and he asks, Would you like me to send you the album to review? That would be wonderful. Bingo. Hey guys, did you know that for $5 a month, you can help support That Girl the Podcast on our new Patreon page? You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes only seen on Patreon, bonus footage on current episodes, Q&As, and everyone's favorite, bloopers, and so much more. Because That Girl doesn't have sponsors, you'd be our sponsor. With $5 a month, you can help me keep making the podcast. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash thatgirlthepodcast.